Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Whitburn Pentecostal Church. So glad that you're here with us today. Welcome to those who are joining online. Liz, you're in the camera. Thank you very much. So good that you're with us today. And it's great to welcome Stephen and Elizabeth and Charlotte with us today. They're all the way from Warburg, so let's give them a warm welcome today. Warm welcome to all who are joined online. Hope that you can stay with us. Um, yeah, we're just here to worship God. We're here to receive from God. And I hope that your heart is open to all that God wants to say and do in your life today. And God is worthy of our worship. Do you agree that? Yes, God is worthy of all our praise, all our worship, all our thanksgiving. And so we're here to really glorify his name today. And so welcome. Let's stand as we pray, as we open our time together. And let's really seek God's presence in this place. Father, that's what we covet most in our service today, is your presence. And so, Father, we pray that you would send your Holy Spirit amongst us, that you would move amongst us today, that you would stir our hearts, that you would uh, move in our hearts, and that you would highlight things in our hearts, maybe things that you want to just draw attention to in our lives today. Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit would move amongst us and that you would perform those things in our lives today. Father, we pray that we would be totally open to all that you want to say, all that you want to do in our gathering today. And Father, we just pray for Stephen as he uh, prepares to share your word into the life of this congregation today. Father, we pray that he would have a real freedom in his spirit today. Lord, that he would really be able to share what you've laid in his heart. And Lord, we pray that our spirits would be receptive to what you want to say to us today. May our hearts be open, may our eyes be open, may our spiritual ears be open to hear all that you have for us today. And so, Father, we just pray your blessing on the service, on the band as we lead. And, Father, just the congregation that you would anoint our praise to, uh, today. Father, we know that you live in our praise. And so we want to just experience your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give God thanks and praise.
today. Father, your word says, thanks be to God who gives us the victory. Father, we thank you that we can live in victory. Father, we thank you that sin has been defeated, that we are no longer a slave to sin. Sin is no longer our master. Father, we can choose to live your way. Father, we can lean into the things that you have for us, and Father, we can give ourselves to the things you have for us. And Father, we thank you that you are that very reality in our lives, your Holy Spirit's presence that illuminates these things to us and gives us the ability to live in victory. Father, we thank you for these songs that we've been singing today. Father, they are a declaration of truth today. And Father, we pray, help us to stand in that truth. Father, every day, every moment of every day, help us to stand in that truth. Father, your word says that when we're tempted... We don't face temptations that other people uh, are immune from. These things are common to, to all of us, the temptations that we face. Even Jesus was tempted when he was in the wilderness, when he was led there by the, the Holy Spirit into the wilderness, he was tempted. And yet he still resisted. On every occasion he resisted because he knew who he was. He was secure in his relationship with you and he was the word become flesh. He knew, Father, he knew how to interpret the word and he came against the enemy and he resisted temptation and father we can do the same and father I just pray maybe for those today who are struggling with temptations who are struggling with weakness and maybe just the Lord wants to say something to some people today it's just something that God dropped into my heart earlier on today as I was praying and as I was reading the scriptures do you know, sometimes there are things that we struggle with which are hidden away. Temptations which we struggle with that are hidden away. 
and we try to keep them hidden and nobody sees them. Sometimes we're tempted by things and everybody sees that we've, we've uh, given into temptation. They can see it in our words and our attitudes. Sometimes we get angry. Sometimes things happen and we explode and we fall out with people. And these are really visible things and we need to come before God with those things as well. But I just felt it was that whole thing about hidden, being hidden, hidden temptations, things that were not in public view, not even visible to those closest to you, things which you're struggling with. And there are really obvious things that we could talk about today in relation to hidden temptations, but there are less obvious things, attitudes, thoughts, covetousness, jealousy, just things that go on, looking at other people, wishing we had what they had, rather than being content with who God has made us and what we have. Hidden temptations when we're alone with a screen in front of us, probably more obvious and the desire is to keep those things hidden away we can't hide them from ourselves but we can't hide them from God and I I just want to invite us to, to pray a prayer today as we prepare to hear the word of God for us today as Stephen brings a word I want us to pray a prayer and I invite you to pray this prayer and it's a dangerous prayer to pray But it's a prayer that we need to pray on a regular basis if we want to grow to become like Jesus. And we find it at the end of Psalm 139, where David says, Search me and know my heart, O God. Search me and know my heart, O God. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any impure way within me and lead me in the path everlasting. Father, we pray that prayer today. And Father, we ask that you'd come and that you'd put your searchlight on our hearts. We know, Father, that when the searchlight comes on us, that if there's anything there, it becomes exposed. Father, if there are things in our heart that shouldn't be there, they create shadows as your searchlight comes on us. And Father, we pray that we would confess those things before you today. Father, even just now in this moment, Father, where we've been struggling with temptations, I I pray just now, that we would repent, that we would change our whole attitude and mindset towards those things which are tempting us, and that we would turn around and that we would face face you, Father. And Lord, we know that when we confess, when we agree with your assessment, and we, we just talk about those things before you, then Father, you come in and you make us clean and you make us whole and you forgive us. And Father, we thank you that you do that. And so just in these moments, we're going to just sing the chorus of that song again. This we know, we will see the enemy run. As we sing that, I invite you to just pray that prayer. And just to take a few minutes before we get into God's word today, just to get ourselves right before God. And if there are things in your heart which you've allowed to come in, then confess them today and and change your mindset about those things. And let's just come before God and seek his presence in our lives today. He's looking for clean vessels that he can come and fill. He's looking for empty vessels that he can come and fill. And so, Father, we just, we ask that you'd hear our prayer this morning. Father, that you'd hear our confession this morning. Father, that you'd come as we confess, as we repent, that you'd forgive us and that you'd make us clean, cleanse us from all unrighteousness and lead us in your path. In Jesus' name. 
thank you that you are faithful and just to forgive us, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And Father, we just pray that you'd hear our confession today. Father, may we be totally clean and pure as we come into your presence. And Lord, as we hear a word from Stephen today, Lord, I know that you've given him a word, which is a timely word for this church. And Father, we pray that our ears would be open to hear what you want to say to us today. Father, we pray that you'd fill us afresh with your presence, with your spirit, because Lord, that's what we need. We need your Holy Spirit. Father, with man, these things are impossible, but with God, all things are possible. So, Father, we just thank you for your grace and goodness in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you to the the band who have been leading us so well this morning. Great to be in God's house, isn't it? Yep. Good to see everyone. And uh, I know there's lots more joining online, and I'm glad that you're with us today. Um, yeah, just one of the, the, the things I wanted to uh, uh, highlight for what's coming up in the life of the church, um, uh, sorry, is that we have an event for our, our Treasure Kids coming on the 17th of December. It's called Christmas Jump Air. So you need to wear your Christmas Jump Air. But you know how we do jump once a year, and it's usually this place is packed with kids. We've not been able to do that over the last couple of years, but we really wanted to connect with our kids, so they're going to come in here, table set out, we're going to have Christmas dinner together on Friday afternoon, the 17th. So the invite has went out to our treasured kids. If you're in the church and you've got kids and the invite hasn't come to you yet, you know that you're more than welcome, um, and we're looking forward to, to having some fun on that day. Um, so... How do we do that? How do we do it safely? I don't know. Let's just get in, get sat at a table, and we'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah, I, I wanted to highlight that, you know, I don't know if you remember, that there was a young couple came and visited us a number of months back. Um, it was just one of those things where God was involved. Uh, their names are Zach and Lindsay. They've got a wee girl called Enora. Um, I don't know if you remember Zach, he had the big handlebar moustache, uh, which he's now shaved off. It just, it's like a totally different person. Anyway, I, I thought I was speaking to somebody else. Anyway, Zach works for Convoy Hope Europe part-time, and uh, we began a discussion uh, uh, when they were up here, and that discussion has evolved into them wanting to be uh, working alongside us in partnership. And that's part of the catalyst behind Christmas Jumper is that Convoy of Hope want to support us in that and they want to just add some finance into that. Um, but what's really interesting about this is that it's the beginnings of something bigger which I think God wants to do. Um, I don't know if you remember an event uh, that we did in Whitburn in 2005 and 2006. Some of you weren't even in the church at that point in time. It was called The Big Event. We were really creative with the name. Um, so um, <laughs> we couldn't think of a better name, so it just got called the big event. And there were over a 1,000 people came into the football club uh, down the main street, and we had free barbecue and gospel presentations and music and bouncy castles and all sorts of stuff going on. We could do that type of outreach again, and it's on our heart to do that type of outreach and to really bless our community. So God's bringing people into our world that will help us to do those things. I don't know if you remember the prophecy that Alan Ross gave us 
I think it was the one that he gave me, perhaps. And, and he said in that, he says, all that you need is not in-house. So we don't have all the resources that we need yet, but God is bringing those resources in. And even just recently, even this week, I've been having conversations with people that are about bringing resources into the church that we need to, to fulfill the mission and purpose of the church. So I just wanted to announce that. I do need to do my track and trace photographs. Just give me a little second. Um, for those who are visiting with us, it's a bit weird, but we do this whole thing so we know who's all in and where everybody's sitting. And those who are up in the crash, give us a wave. <laughs> uh, Sam's is up in the crash. Um, and just to remind you that on Christmas Eve at 6 o'clock, we will be doing our Christmas Eve service. So looking forward to that, and it will be online. So for those who are joining online, we want to just get that out as widely as possible, uh, just so that people can uh, be part of that. So I'm not going to say any more. I think I've said all that I need to say at the moment. Can I just encourage you to keep praying for those in the church who are ill, those who are sick and need a touch from God? Uh, and let's continue to do that. But I want to give time to Stephen uh, to, to come and speak today. So Stephen is here with his wife Elizabeth and daughter Charlotte, who I believe is a drummer. So you'll, you'll be able to critique Josh and his drumming later on. Uh, so welcome to you all. Uh, Stephen used to be the director of uh, Christian Vision for Men, CVM. And so Stephen has had a heart for men's ministry. We've got a heart for men's ministry, but it's never quite taken off in the church. So Stephen, maybe you can give us some encouragement along that way. And if you want to find out more about CVM, who Stephen used to work for, cvm.org.uk. However, he is now all grown up, and he is now the associate pastor at Found Church in Larbert. Uh, we have had a very good relationship with Found Church over many, many years. And so it's great that we're able to welcome you into the church today, Stephen. I'm looking forward to hearing what you've got to share with us. Um, Stephen will be doing an appeal at the end. Um, and so we'll maybe do things slightly differently at the end. Um, but just uh, bear with us in that. So I'm going to hand over to Stephen. Let's give him a warm welcome. Thank you so much for that warm welcome. I hope I can live up to your expectations after that. Uh, so good to be here in Whitburn, and uh, we send our greetings from Found Church, Michael and Diane, uh, the senior pastors there, asked me to, to let you know that the guys pray for you regularly and think about you regularly. So uh, I thank you very much for being here, and I hope what I share today will be helpful for you guys. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you today for the privilege it is to share your word today, and I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'll speak through me, that Holy Spirit, it will not be about me this message, but it'll be all about Jesus. And, and, and I just pray today that people will encounter you, Jesus, as I speak, that it'll be your words that has flown through me, and that people will leave this place and leave switching off their computers or their TVs at home, knowing that they've encountered you today. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So as followers of Jesus, we receive the Holy Spirit the moment we are saved. And just like our salvation eh, through Jesus, it's a one-time gig. We receive the Holy Spirit when we're saved. And I want to speak a message today called the certainty of the Holy Spirit. See, in other words, this one-time gig when we receive the Holy Spirit, we cannot lose the Holy Spirit. Once the Spirit lives in us, nothing can separate us from Him. And before Jesus died on the cross for our sins, He promised that after He had, he had, he had died and risen again and ascended to heaven, He would send the Spirit to be with His people and we can read about that in John chapter 14, eh, verses 16 through to 17. And Jesus is talking to his disciples here, and he says there, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, 
to help you and to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept Him because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him, for He lives with you and will be in you. See, Jesus promised that when He left, His Spirit would be sent to live inside of Christians. When we believed the gospel and entrusted Jesus to save us, that's when we were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. And if you're a Christian, then the Bible calls you God's temple because God's Spirit dwells within you. And you can read about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. And as children of God, we literally possess the Spirit of God inside of every single one of us. He has been given to us so that we can know who God is and know how to follow Him in our lives. Often He will speak into our minds by giving us a thought or an idea, or He'll lead us by making an impression upon our heart to say something or to do something or to think something according to His will. And quite often He'll tell me I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> Don't do that, Stephen. Don't go there. Don't say those words that are circulating in your head. Quite often I get rebuked. See, it's important to recognize that the Holy Spirit, though, will never ever speak anything to us that does not align with Scripture. And if you have someone coming to you and saying, God told me or the Holy Spirit told me I was to do this and it does not line up with Scripture, then you can say with almost certainty, the Holy Spirit never ever told you to do that or say that or think that. See, if it conflicts with anything in the Bible, then it's definitely not from the Spirit of God and like Jesus said, the Spirit will be with us forever. It will be with us forever. Therefore, as children of God, we can have confidence that He will never ever leave us. He will never let us down as we choose to follow Him all of the days of our life. God's goal for, for all of us as His children is to, for us to be more like Jesus. The Holy Spirit constantly works within us to rid our lives of the acts of the sinful nature like Stevie was talking about when he prayed a few minutes ago. All that stuff that we used to do before we met Jesus and display his fruit in our life instead. Therefore, the presence of the, the fruit of the Spirit is evidence that our character is becoming more and more like Jesus. And we read about that, that fruit in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through to 25. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ, Christ Jesus, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit looks to Jesus in order to find the blueprint for your character and then he starts to get to work on you. And this process, the, the theological term for this process is sanctification in your life. And to really explain simply what that word means, it just means that you're becoming more and more like Jesus as the Holy Spirit works in your life. See, the Holy Spirit will immediately begin helping you experience and practice the same love that Jesus had when he laid down his life for you and for me the same joy he experienced, he will now fill you with. The identical peace that guarded the heart of Jesus, even as he was beaten and mocked, that same peace will be the peace that the Spirit works to instill inside of you. The patience that Jesus had for his most unteachable disciples will be the patience that the Spirit now develops in you. More patience. More patience. Holy. I need more patience. Thank you, Stephen. 
the kindness that Jesus shows towards children and sinners will, will soften your heart towards others. There will be a goodness about you that is only explainable by the presence of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will build the same faithfulness into you that led Jesus to be entirely obedient to his Father. The Holy Spirit will teach you self-control so you will never, so that you will not, when you never have the strength to do what's right and to resist temptations, the Holy Spirit will teach you self-control, more self-control. More patience, more self-control. That's what I need in my life. And all of this is just as natural as the growth of fruit on a tree. It's natural. You don't have to orchestrate it on your own. It automatically begins the moment that you give your life to Jesus. The Holy Spirit starts to work inside you. How quickly it happens in your life is completely how you yield yourself to the Holy Spirit working in you. But let me tell you this morning, as awesome as that is, and it isn't, it isn't awesome, there's even more that God wants to give you. Even more than that that God wants to give you today. We need a power that is totally beyond ourselves for service and ministry in God's kingdom. When Jesus gave the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 to 20, he knew that his disciples could not fulfill all that stuff in their own power. Therefore, he had a special gift in store for them. It was his plan to give them the same power that he had, the power of the Spirit of God. So immediately after giving them the Great Commission, Jesus commanded his disciples not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise that he was giving them, to wait for what the Father had promised. Patience again. And we read about that in Acts chapter 1, verses 4 to 5. It says, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. He then went on and further promised in, uh, in verse 8 to say, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So the disciples waited. They waited in Jerusalem as Jesus had commanded. And then one, one day when they were all together, and, and we jump on a few verses and we come to Acts chapter 2, verse, verses 3 to 4, and it says there, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. How awesome would that be to be there when that happened? And then Peter stood up and he explained to the crowd that were gathered that they were seeing the working of God's Spirit and told them about Jesus. And the church began that day with the disciples and the 3,000 people who joined them as a result of the day's events. Imagine that, 3,000 people all being saved at one event. Amazing. And it's God's will, in fact, it's His commandment that we be baptized or filled with the Holy Spirit. See, the, the knowledge and reality of the empowering Spirit enables us to reproduce the work of Jesus in our lives. You and I have been called to experience the adventure of life with the Holy Spirit. We've been called to experience that adventure in our life. We all need the fire of the Holy Spirit in our lives. See, the role of the Holy Spirit, let me tell you, church, it's not optional for Christians. It's not optional. 
He is the very essence of our relationship with the Father in it, and the means to accomplish what we've been called to do. I couldn't do what I need to do without the Holy Spirit working in and through me. See, Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, it says here, it says, I, and this is John the Baptist, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And I believe that ordinary people like you and me, filled with fire, can make all the difference in the world. Ordinary people like you and me. Let me tell you, I'm just an ordinary guy. I'm just a simple guy who opens my heart up to Jesus and says, work in and through me. And I want to look today, and they might be a little bit surprised at this, where I'm going to go in Scripture today, but I want to look at the story of Moses to see the difference that the fire of God can make in your life. I want to look at this story of Moses, and we're going to look, start off at Exodus chapter 3, verse 1, and the words will be up on the screen as well, but I'm going to read this from verses uh, 1 through 4. It says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Mo Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, bush Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. And then I want to jump on to verse 10. And it says, so now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I? that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt. And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Do you know, the first thing that I see in this passage about the fire of the Holy Spirit is this. That in the wilderness of life, that is a perfect condition to catch fire. The wilderness of life is the perfect condition to catch fire. So the first time you notice in the story is the location of where Moses encountered the fire of God. I want you to notice that it doesn't say that when Moses encountered the fire that he was lying next to lush green pastures, next to a cool bubbling brook of water surrounded by lilies all nice and tranquil. It doesn't say that he encountered the fire of God sitting in a five-star resort getting massages. The Bible says that when Moses encountered the fire of God, he was in the desert. In fact, let me take it one step further. The Bible actually says that Moses was on the backside of the desert when he encountered the fire of God. And you will know, I don't have to tell you, but you'll know that the desert is a dry place. The desert is a thirsty place and the desert is a lonely place. Yet this is a place where God chose to reveal himself to Moses with, through this burning bush of fire. And see, we all go through times of, in our life of difficulties. We all face trials in life. And maybe today, maybe watching online at home or sitting in a room, you don't feel the presence of God. Maybe you're going through the most challenging wilderness experience that you've ever experienced in your life. 
Well, if that's you today, I want to, I've got some good news for you today. I want to tell you today that the drier the piece of wood is, the quicker it catches on fire. The drier that piece of wood, the quicker it catches on fire. So if you're in that wilderness dry place today, you are primed and ready to receive that fire today. And the next thing I want you to notice about this story is this. Secondly, the fire comes first. The fire comes first. See, this encounter that Moses had was the precursor to Moses being sent to Pharaoh. And once Moses went to Pharaoh, the great, it's an amazing story, the greatest story of God's deliverance and God's supernatural power, sometimes I think it's ever been recorded, possibly in history, it began to unfold. But it started right there in that burning bush. And I see a principle here that is so enduring all the way through. Before God sends you to Pharaoh, before God sends you to your destiny, before God sends you to do the, the thing that you were made to do, he is first going to send you to the fire. The fire comes first. That encounter with the presence of God comes first. When Jesus was about to go to heaven, he looked down at his disciples and he said, I want you to go to Jerusalem and what? Wait. Just wait. I want you to go and wait. And think about this for a moment. These 12 men were the most experienced and educated and qualified men and things pertaining to Jesus of anybody that has ever walked the earth. They spent three years with Jesus. What an apprenticeship that would have been. Every day and every night they spent with Jesus. These men had a PhD in the Jesus Christ School of Ministry. If they were alive today, I'm sure that they would, every denomination in the world would give them honorary credentials, and I'm pretty sure that every Christian university would give them an honorary doctorate. If anybody was qualified to go and preach about Jesus, it was surely these 12 men. It was surely these 12 men. But Jesus, instead, he looked them square in the eye, and he said to them, you're not ready. You're not ready. Go to Jerusalem and wait. Why did he say they were to wait? It's to wait for the promise of the Father. It was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. See, Jesus knew that those men, if they're really going to be able to make a difference in the world, they were going to need the power of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus knows for you and I, if we're going to make a difference in the world, we need the power of the Holy Spirit working in and through us. See, and I'm, I'm convinced when it comes to the infilling of the Holy Spirit, one of the main ingredients, if not the main ingredient that we need to have, is hunger. Just hunger. You can have what you want. You can have as much as God, of God as you desire. So let me ask you today, church, do you want him today? Are you hungry for him today? Are you online? Are you hungry for him in your living room or your bedroom or your kitchen, wherever you are? Are you hungry for him today? How hungry are you? Let me tell you, I wake up every morning, I'm hungry for more. I want more. I don't want to rest on what happened yesterday. I want new experiences today and the next day and the next day. I'm hungry for more and more. Are you hungry for him today? And the third thing I see in this story of Moses and the burning bush is the lasting fire of the Spirit. See, in Exodus uh, chapter 3, verse 3, when Moses saw the bush, he turned aside to see why the bush wasn't burnt. And I want you to notice it was not so much the fact that there was a burning bush that impressed Moses so much. The Bible doesn't say that Moses was interested because a bush was burning. And in fact, 
if you think about it, in the wilderness and the heat of the desert, I'm pretty sure that bushes in the wilderness spontaneously combust all the time because of the heat and the humidity and the dryness. And I'm, <coughs> excuse me, I'm sure that Moses has seen plenty of them because he had lived there for 40 years in that wilderness. He must have seen plenty of bushes just spontaneously combusting. But he wasn't interested because the bush kept on burning. It was because it was burning but not consumed. That's what drew and drew his attention to that bush. And I remember when I was first filled with the Holy Spirit, probably I think around about six or seven years ago, and it was a totally life-changing experience for me. And as I said, that was six or seven years ago. But let me tell you, I have good news for you today. I'm burning brighter today than I was back then. And I believe that 24, 20 years from now, I'll be burning even brighter than I am today. The fire of the Holy Spirit never, ever goes out. Never goes out. And somebody, somebody once said, how do you keep the fire burning? And I think that's the wrong way around. Let me tell you, it's the fire that keeps me burning. I don't need to keep the fire burning. The fire keeps me burning. The Lord saw that Moses had turned aside, and that's when the Lord spoke to him. And people ask me all the time, Stephen, how do I hear God's voice? And notice that the burning bush didn't start shouting to Moses as he was walking by on the path taking care of his sheep. The Holy Spirit is patient. He can wait for a long time. What's he waiting for? He's simply waiting for you to turn aside and listen. He's waiting for you to turn aside and listen. People ask me, why is it that I don't hear the voice of God? And I think most of the time the answer is really simple. Simply this, because you're not listening. You're not listening. God is always speaking, but we are not always listening. And if you don't believe me, let me ask you this question. Let's do a little diagnostic on your life. When was the last time that you sat in a room on your own for 20 minutes quietly, without the TV on, without the radio on, without worship music on, without the, your mobile phone, without social media, without your email? You turned everything off. And you sat there and you, and you said, Holy Spirit, I've got no other agenda. I'm here just to listen. I'm not even here to talk. I'm not here to fill your ears with all of my needs. I'm just here to listen. I don't know your story or your situation, but let me ask you, when was the last time that you sat and did that on your own? Some people are shaking their heads. Maybe they've never done it in their life. God is always speaking. But were we always listening? And the fourth thing that I see in this passage is that it was distinguished by the Spirit. So Moses turned aside and the Lord spoke to him. Now, I don't know how many bushes there are in the wilderness. I'm assuming there's a lot. And one thing I do know, though, is that there was only one bush in the wilderness that caught Moses' attention. It was the one bush that was burning with the presence of the living God. And I asked myself, what is the world looking for? Are the world looking for us to build nicer buildings? Are they looking for us to have more eloquent preachers? Are they looking for us to have better music or better marketing programs? What is it that they want? Or a better question is, what is it that they need? What is it that we need? I'll tell you what we need. And Elijah the prophet discovered that thousands of years ago, 
when the people of Israel were serving their false god named Baal. Elijah stood up and said, today we have got to make a choice. And I say to you today that we've got to make a choice. If Baal is God, serve him. If money is your God, then serve that. If popularity and acceptance is your God, then give your life to that. If partying and pleasure is your God, then live for that. But if Jehovah is God, Elijah said, then serve him. Serve him. This was a test. Elijah knew his God, and he knew that the authentic God would be able to demonstrate his power. Elijah said to them, meet me on top of the mountain, bring all of your 700 prophets, and I will stand there as one lonely man representing Jehovah, and we will find out whose God is the true God. And the prophets of of Baal began to dance and sing and try to call down the fire. And what was Elijah doing at this time? He was fast asleep. Not even a puff of smoke on on, uh, Baal's altar. And after a while, Elijah stood up and he said, Hey guys, I hate to interrupt. Looks like you're having loads of fun. Don't don't worry, maybe your God's away at the toilet. Maybe he's a bit busy just now. But that's all right. I understand how it goes. These gods are a little bit unpredictable. Maybe he's away in holiday. (laughs) Then Elijah says, gentlemen, before it gets too late, before the sun goes down, let me pray. I don't need a long time. I don't need to scream and shout. I don't even need to cut myself. All I need to do is speak to God because he is living. And Elijah prayed, Lord, hear me. Let these people know that you are God and that you have turned their hearts and, and you've turned their hearts back to you in the fire. And the Bible says that fire fell from heaven and it consumed the sacrifice and the wood and the stones and it even lit up the water that was in the trench. Let me tell you, church, our God is a consuming fire. What they're looking for, people, I believe, is that, for is reality, the demonstration of the power of God. And when they see it, they will fall on their faces as as the children of Israel did and began, and began, sorry, to declare their Lord and God. Let me tell you, I remember a few years back, uh, we had a, a couple arrived in a found church, and uh, they came from a brethren background, and so when everything to do with the, the gifts of the Spirit and stuff like that, it was totally alien to them. And this couple came in, and they sat down, and someone came forward and to, to prophesy and to speak in tongues, and when I say we're doing, doing that, the guy was sitting there thinking, man, what a lot of rubbish this is. I can't wait to get out of here. I'm never, ever coming back here again. And as the interpretation came, it spoke right into that guy's situation, spoke right into his life. Let me tell you, that couple was members in our church and fully functioning in our church because their people are seeking for a real authentic experience of the living God in their life. That's what people are experiencing, are looking for and need to see from us, from you, from us as a church. The church is not just the pastors and the people at the front. The church is all of us together, the collective body, demonstrating the work of God in people's lives. All of us together. Just because I'm a pastor doesn't mean to say I can do it any better than you can do it. God can use you more powerfully than he can use me. Absolutely. So let me ask you fifthly, what are you burning for today, church? I think some of us are way too dignified. We're way too dignified. Often we care too much about what people are thinking about how we, how we look. And if you care more about how you look than receiving the Holy Spirit, well, let me tell you, you're not hungry. 
you are not hungry. Michael and I were uh, taking a funeral on Friday from one of, uh, a young guy from our church who had a, a degenerative disease and he passed. He was only 30 and he passed away last week and we're taking his funeral through in Glasgow, his mum's church in Glasgow and we're, we're driving home from that funeral and we're talking, it's a funny conversation, but we're talking about our own funerals and I said to Michael in that car, Michael, when I, when I have my funeral, I want the song Undignified at my funeral. It says, I will sing, I will dance, I will be mad for my king because nothing in this world is going to hinder this passion in my soul. So words like that, I'm sure Sarah will tell me I've got the words wrong, but words like that, and it's just talking about how you want to be so undignified for God. I don't care what other people think. I just care about what God thinks. See, a hungry person does not give two hoots about what anybody else thinks. A hungry person has one agenda, and that is to get that food. To get that food. When you're hungry for the Holy Spirit, everything in your, your life will come second to that. Everything. You will desire him more than the air that you're breathing. You'll desire him more than the food that you're eating. You'll desire him more than your dignity. You'll desire him more than your reputation. You'll desire him more than your ministry. You'll desire him more than anything else in your life. More. Then you'll make a discovery. Everybody burns. Everybody burns. Some people burn for sports. Some people burn for money. Some people burn for popularity and power and sex and, and, and style and fashion. Everybody burns for something. The difference between them and us is what we are, is that we burn for something that matters. We burn for something that matters. And the question is, though, how do I receive this baptism in the Holy Spirit? How do I receive that fire of God in my life? That's the question I had to ask those years ago. How do I receive this power? Because I... I I grew up in a church of Scotland in a Presbyterian church and only because that's where Elizabeth went when I met her and I got saved into that church but I never fitted in there at all. I was just like... Phew. And every time I ask questions about... Because I, I got saved through an Alpha course and if you've ever done that course it talks a lot about baptism in the Holy Spirit and I would ask questions about it and always be told we don't do that here. And I was hungry though. I was hungry for that. And I asked that question how do I receive this baptism in the Holy Spirit and I remember who it was that told me, John Rollo, Michael's son. Stephen, just need to ask for it. And that was it. You just need to ask for it. But take it a little bit beyond that, though. You have to do two things, really. Firstly, you have to accept Jesus as your own personal Lord and Savior. That, that when you just, and then when you do that, you just have to ask God to then baptize you in the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, ask and it will be given to you. Secondly, you need to believe that, in fact, you have received this gift from God. The Apostle Paul, writing to the Galatians, said in Galatians chapter 3, verse 2, did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? The answer is obvious, by faith. You have to believe that if you ask, you will receive. And as the band come and we start to wrap this message up, if the band could just come and get ready and, and as we start to wrap this up, let me ask you, church, how hungry are you? How hungry are you for that fire of the Holy Spirit in your body today to work in and through you? I find myself in all sorts of situations that I cannot do in my own strength. Pastoral situations that just blow your mind. And you're like, what can I do in this situation? And I'm standing outside that, waiting in my car saying, Holy Spirit, come. 
I need, you, I need you to help me in this situation. I need you to speak in and through me in this. I need more of that fire in my life today. Before I come here and, and preach, I'm praying in the morning in my house, Holy Spirit, you need you. Come. I need more of you to speak in and through me. This is, if I do it in my own strength, it's going to fail. I need you. I'm hungry for that fire in my bones today. Are you hungry today, church? Are you online watching online? Are you hungry for that fire today? But all steps, so if you've never ever accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior first, if you've never ever met Jesus and realized that Jesus loves you so much that he wanted to die for you, that he wanted to die so that you could be forgiven from all of that stuff, and trust me, I had a lot of stuff. I had a lot of stuff. I shared the message last week in our church called uh, On Grace and Truth, and I, and I shared by a little bit of my testament how much stuff I had that Jesus had to forgive and he did through his grace. And you can receive that same grace today. He wants you to have a brand new life with him today. The Bible tells us that when we give a life to Jesus, that he starts working in us. Like I mentioned earlier, he starts to work in us and he gives us, we become new creation, new creations and we see the, the fruits of the Spirit working in and through us. That's what starts to come out. People start noticing the difference in us. But if you've never ever given your life to Jesus, I want to give you that opportunity this morning, whether you're in this room or watching online, it does not matter where you are today. And with every head bowed and every eye closed in this room, just so no one's embarrassed, if you, I'm going to pray and I invite you to pray this prayer with me. And if you pray this prayer for the first time, either in this room or online, and I just simply at the end ask you just to pop your hand up and I'll see it. I'm not going to embarrass you, I'm just going to give you a Bible. I'm sure Stevie will have some stuff to give you, we'll give you a Bible. If you're watching online, you can just send a message in saying, hey, I prayed that prayer for the first time today. Let's pray, church. Jesus, I thank you that you died for me. Jesus, I thank you that you died so that I could be forgiven, that all of that stuff I did in the past could be forgiven, that I could be restored into that relationship with you. Jesus, I thank you, Jesus, that you were willing to do that for me. And so, Jesus, I receive that forgiveness today. I turn away from all of the things that I have done in my life. I repent of all of that stuff. I turn away from it, and I point my eyes towards you, and I pray that you will come and work and live in me today. I thank you for the promised gift of the Holy Spirit that comes as I do this. And I pray, Jesus, that you will be making me that new creation. I thank you, Jesus, that you love me, that you cared for me. I thank you that you are willing to die for me. I thank you for this in your precious name. Amen. And every head still bowed and eye closed. If you prayed that today, just pop your hand up just so I can see you and I'll, I'll pray for you at the end again and we'll give you some literature. And if you're watching online, then please feel free just to send a message and just a private message if you don't want to put it in the chat. Let us know and we will certainly help you. But still with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to pray for you today to receive that baptism in the Holy Spirit. If you've never ever been baptized in the Holy Spirit, if you've never ever received that fire in your life, or maybe you have, maybe it was a long time ago, but you're saying, Stephen, I need more. I'm telling you, I need to pray this every single day that I get more and more of this fire in my belly, in my life today. And I want to pray for every single person here, every person watching online. And let me tell you, just because you are watching online, 
does not mean to say that God cannot meet you where you are in your living room, that the Holy Spirit cannot come and baptize you where you are watching online. If you're in this room, if you would like to receive more of the Holy Spirit or be baptized with fun, I just encourage you, just pop your hands out in front of you as if you're receiving a gift. And I want to pray for you today. Heavenly Father, at this moment I come to you. I thank you, Jesus, that you saved me. I pray pray that the Holy Spirit might come upon me today. Lord Jesus, baptize me now in the Holy Spirit. I receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit right now by faith in your word. May the anointing, the glory and the power of God come upon me and into my life right now. May I be empowered for service from this day forward. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for baptizing me in the Holy Spirit today. Amen. Amen. And we're going to continue, and the band's going to lead us in a song, and and we'll be here. And if you would like further prayer in this room, then please feel free to come forward. And is that right? Come forward, and we'll pray for you guys. I'm not too sure with the COVID rules, but that's fine. And if you would like more prayer, we'll be more than happy to pray for you guys today. Uh, Let's not leave here missing that encounter with God. Let's not be worrying about what my person sitting next to me is going to think. Let's not be worrying about what the person uh, sitting three rows behind me is going to think if I go forward for prayer. Put all that stuff aside. This is your moment. This is your opportunity to have that encounter with God today. And I would just encourage you as the band leaders in this song, if you would like prayer, just come forward. We would be more than happy to pray for you. Don't miss your moment. Don't miss your moment for what God wants to do in and through you. Amen. Oh.